Welcome to the Way We Capture podcast. This is a podcast that is dedicated to photography and aims to provide guidance and support to individuals looking to improve their photography skills. The podcast focuses on self-development and also discusses the future of technology and image processing. Through the podcast, listeners can learn about various techniques, tools, and resources to enhance their creativity and productivity. The podcast also explores the creative process behind capturing stunning photographs and how to effectively communicate through photography and storytelling. Welcome to the Way We Capture podcast. Today's guest, Henry Lai. Henry is a familiar face around here. He was on my second episode. I'm so excited to have my friend back for, I think this is episode 24 or something like that. But yeah, we'll dive into it. I just described Henry in the intro about what he does. We'll hear from Henry in his own words. Take the take the stage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, thanks for having me. I mean, thanks for having me again. I really appreciate you for, you know, just giving people the platform to speak. Um, because like, for me at least, I feel like I learn a lot just from like, in these like podcasts um like looking back at my old one is like looking back at like my myself in the past is like it's crazy to see how much has changed so yeah i guess like a bit about me um i have been in this like online space i guess for a while um Originally started on Twitter, like just like posting my photography. I think that's like, like you, like you, Zach. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I got into, <laughs> and then I got into writing, and now I am a freelance ghostwriter. And yeah, I'm just trying to make money online and pursue my passions. Um, yeah that's kind of the gist of me well well said (laughs) that is that is a great summary of you because when i first met you that was that was a long it was over a year ago wasn't it we started chatting about photography Mm. it was some time ago right and we're we're so young so like that time seems somewhat significant (laughs) but when i first met you you were you were fumbling about you didn't know what you wanted to do you were kind of like what you were in London, so that was a long, that was a really long time ago. You're still in the UK, and now you've yeah. traveled all over the world. But Henry is uh, Henry's got this journey, right? Everybody listening, his journey has been one of like introspection that I've seen. And Henry got me into more journaling, trying to fill out you know pen and paper these notebooks. Just try to fill out one of them at least. I was inspired by henry's commitment to introspection and reflection a lot of his tweets and just his writing in general you'll see on the timeline it's just you can tell he spends so much of his time asking himself these deep thoughtful questions so i admire henry as a friend and as a writer because of his ability to think deeply and critically so let's get into your background a little bit because on the last episode we were fumbling about, we were babies. We were, it was our rookie year in the creator economy, but let's get into it. Can you share your journey from living in Hong Kong 
to becoming a ghostwriter and content creator on X? Yeah, so born and raised in Hong Kong, I went to a public school at first and then transferred to a more international school. And then once I got into like high school, I was in sort of like a local school that was like English speaking. And I guess like for those who don't know, like Hong Kong is like pretty international. Like the main language is Cantonese, but like people speak English. But anyway, when I was 14, I moved to England for school. And it was like a boarding school and I was there for like five years. And then after that, COVID happened and I wasn't like forced to do anything really because I, my path was just like at the time anyway, it was just like, you know, finish school school and then go to college, uh, whatnot. And then just like normal path. Right. And at the time, I really I didn't know what I wanted to do. Not that I know exactly what I'm doing now, but like at the time I was, my thinking was like, I'm just gonna go for like a good career that I'm like interested in, you know, try to find that like middle ground between the money and the interest, the passion and where can I, you know, grow the most in terms of those things. Right. And in the end, I decided to go to America to, you know, I got into a pretty good school for like computer science. And then I wanted to do like UX design, which is like, it's one of those like hot fields, right? Um, so I was there and then it just kind of reminded me of like my time in public school where it was like, super rigorous like academically and it was just not for me and I've always been like creative and I kind of had like ADHD although not very like severely and so like I cannot it was not an environment that I that suited me and so I transferred and then I should transferred again and then last year uh September decided just to just not go back and just like give myself the time and space to focus on what I want to do, which is the online thing. <laughs> um, Dude, it, it's been a journey for sure. I yeah. can tell you, so you, you've lived yeah. in so many places, right? You've lived in America, you lived in England, you've lived in, you know, China, right? You're definitely like mm-hmm. a, a seasoned traveler, but you know, most people who live in America, like, would say over like 95% of people have never been to China, right? Probably a lot of Chinese people haven't been to America, at least uh, in the, in the majority, right? Is that, is that pretty accurate? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say so. I would, yeah, I would say I'm pretty well traveled. Yeah. So that's, that's like an advantage, right? In, in your writing, that is such a huge advantage because you're, you're living life. You're not just sitting in your room all day long writing about uh, growth hacks and, you know, all sorts of bullshit, AI, AI <laughs> newsletters and schemes. So what inspired you to enter the world of ghostwriting? 
and how has your background influenced this endeavor? I'll start off with like kind of like a memory I had in school. So like in primary school, which is like before high school, I'm not sure if that's the right term, but like I wasn't good at anything really. Like I was good at sports, like playing football, soccer, running, but then like academically I wasn't doing good. But like one area that like I did well in was creative writing because okay. that was like a time where like teachers allowed us to just, you know, sit in the classroom and write, right? And so that was a time where I kind of like got to, I guess, explore that side of like creativity. But obviously I didn't know I was going to be like a writer because like a writer at the time and I didn't even know like ghostwriting was a thing. But I always think back to this memory because it's like maybe I've always had this like advantage um and in terms of like how i guess like discovered it was um mainly just being on twitter really like it's like a writing based app where i started off posting my photos and then just like came across people like Tej doza i'm not sure if you know him. oh yeah and oh yeah danko people like that and but then for a while, I wasn't really doing anything with the information. I was just kind of just like sitting on the sidelines. Supporting it. Until I, was <laughs> like, I think what drawed me into it was like the idea of freedom and having this like laptop kind of life lifestyle. Um, and you can go really deep with like what work should like should look like and oh, yeah. stuff like that. But that's kind of got how I got into ghostwriting. You just, uh, you took one skill and then you built on top of it, right? A lot of it, mm. a lot of your stuff is skill stacking, right? Because it's just like, what is the greatest meta skill right now? Most people would argue it's, uh, it's writing, but I think underneath mm. writing, it's just communication. Like how well can we communicate? Um, and that's orally and, you know, written. But, mm. dude, it's, uh, like, stumped for a sec. It, it's kind of just crazy to see how we become something we never expected. Like, I never expected mm. I would want to become a writer, right? And I spend more time writing than I do anything else. And I yeah. thought it was going to be photography. And it's weird how, through, like, intelligent imitation, we start to see what works and what doesn't for ourselves and so i've gotten a lot of imposter syndrome with the writing because there's like the newsletter writing the long form writing right and in a really like specific view long form writing is like just book writing right like that's like true long form writing and so I think most people associate writers with this connotation that you're writing a book, like this understanding of like, oh, you're writing a book, you're a writer. Oh, so like, what do you, wait, what's your book about? And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. 
right online. <laughs> but I think it's something we all aspire to do is writing, you know, write a book, write that level of long form. But it's just weird how I wanted one thing and I ended up becoming something else, if that makes any sense. Like I, I wanted clearer thinking. I wanted, to, you know, clarity. I wanted structure in my life. I wanted to be more productive and I ended up becoming a, a writer. And kind of just like, I wouldn't say abandoning the notion of like I, the I label. Like, yeah. You yeah, get what that, I get you. Yeah. And that reminds me of um, Steve Jobs. You know, he said something like, you can only connect the dots backwards. And I'm not like, I don't remember like exactly what he did, but like, you know, he tried a bunch of stuff like typography, like got into like Buddhism a bunch of other things and then like all those things contributed to him creating this massive success right um so that's kind of how like i want to like approach things is like is in the moment is like things don't make sense like it, it hasn't made sense ever really but like but sometimes you can look kind of look back and be like Oh, at least for me, it's like, oh, my time when I was like, really obsessed with taking photos, that kind of like got me into storytelling. And now I'm writing. And my internship as a designer, that kind of taught me freelancing and like just like connecting the dots, but you can kind of only do it after you've done the things, you know? Dude, yeah. That's a good way of thinking about it because I really wanted, like, I think if we put it in, like, you know, everyone has kind of a dream. If you're, if you're in a place of like high ambition, like you have a dream, you have like, you know, the, the ideal result in your mind. I wouldn't say it's an expectation, but you, you know, like what kind of life you want to live. But for me, it was just like, I stumbled and like hit my head against a wall time and time again in an attempt to be something that I was not. And so it's like the sense of identity, these labels, like they're all so tied to what we do, where we live, who we spend our time around. And so mm-hmm. by, it's like Dan, Dan Coe is a saying, he's like, you throw stuff at a wall, right? You throw everything at the wall and then you see what sticks. And then it's like when you're, you know, you're stressed out or there's too much on your plate, you just drop everything and then you see what sticks. And so the only thing in my life that I would say has actually stuck in the past two years is one, like a a writing habit, (laughs) like, like actually, dude, um, I cannot go a day without writing. It just, it feels wrong. And I don't know if you feel the same, but you know, at least like paragraph something some sort of journal some uh, some tweet like something right and because it's been like that habit has been instilled inside of me it's like i wake up and there's only one thing i want to do because our brains naturally want to do whatever we do the most of it's why like you know we we sit and we play video games for eight hours a day and then we wake up the next day after having a terrible time and want to play video games for another eight to ten hours or it's why people who go running just want to run 24 7 but like, I wouldn't say you are like 
you are a writer, but you, how do I put it? Like you just become that act. Like you become the verb. Like you are you are right writing, right? Like that is what you <laughs> it's all yeah, over the place, but, but it's also like it's interesting when I think back to kind of like why I started writing or like journaling. Because like the two things are quite um like if I didn't journal, I don't think I would have been the writer the writer I am today. Because yeah. like writing is all about psychology, is about like knowing yourself, like self awareness. It's not about like the grammar and like what they teach you at yeah. school. And yeah, and I think about like you talked about like oh like why you try these things and then somehow you just became a writer and then i'm thinking about like why i even started in the first place which was to gain clarity yeah um it, and i'm sure like a lot of people can relate is like for me it was like started in like a pretty kind of just like a messy face in my life um, you know, high school, no idea what you want, um, mental health, that sort of thing. And you want to, like, find something that, like, anchors you, which is, like, kind of what you were saying. Oh, yeah. You know, the writing habit. And, the, yeah, I just find that interesting. There's there's just a lot of power in in writing because I think – I don't think it's like a compliment to tell someone that they're smart, right? Like that's, that's very subjective, right? We all have this like understanding of what's smart, what's intelligent and there's different types of intelligence. But like when you tell someone they have like really clear thinking or really structured thinking, that is almost always a result of somebody who reads and writes super frequently. And uh, that that's kind of what, it's not like I wouldn't say that I like wear it with a badge badge of honor, like a badge of pride, but I I know that my thinking structure is a lot different than those who don't write, like some friends and some family members. Because when you're a writer, I've talked about this on the show before, when you when you write, you're forced to think laterally rather than really, you know, like vertically rather than just horizontally, right? Because like this conversation, yeah. it's back and forth, it's horizontal. And when you go to write, so journaling, like you mentioned journaling, journaling is definitely like you're writing to solve your own problems in a way. And then, you know, mm -hmm. writing online is you're, you're flipping that and you're attempting to help other people through like what you've learned. And mm -hmm. that that's why I think publishing a lot is super good. Like, you, dude, you're notorious for it, bro. You, you push that publish button more than most people. <laughs> So it's like you you just see what works. Like, like, but um, why do you think publishing is like helps reinforce I, that? I think it's I think it's just good because one, it's like you're on like a bridge, and yeah. you know the bridge the bridge like breaks right, and like any TV where the bridge breaks and it collapses and you fall to like you fall to your death. When you fall to your death through this publishing button. 
right? Like the other side is like people validating your idea, liking, commenting, engaging. But when you fall to your death, it's just like you just fall to like this inflatable playground. It's like it's really not that bad. And then you look up, it's like, oh, okay, that's what didn't work. But people like don't see that inflatable playground down there. They just see like the the bridge of death. And so it's like, okay, just just walk out and see like how it goes because nobody really gives a fuck like at all. People are way too consumed with themselves, their families, their lives, their friends that like your one little tweet that may or may have not been polarizing that you tweeted like three days ago. Like there's no way it's still like in people's minds. Right. I mean, we have a constant stream of information on, on Twitter, on X. So that constant stream of information is it's not going away and people are constantly updated with new stimuli. And so you might as well experiment as much as you can about what problems writing about what problems people have. It's just like, I have these problems, right? Like, the angsty teenage problems, right? The depression, the mental health stuff. Like, I think a lot of people go through that. So writing about that and attempting to help the people who are going through that, like, if if I stayed stuck as the person I was when I was in high school till, like, I was 60, 50 even, something like that, like, I don't think I would live a very good life. And that's the unfortunate nature of a lot of people is that they get stuck into this, like, fixed mindset where they believe like their skills are fixed, like they, they can't stack new skills, their their relationships are fixed, like their their fate is fixed almost, right? And so they don't try. They don't try. They would rather pursue distractions because distractions, you know, distract them from the uncomfortable feelings of this fi- fixed mindset. But with a growth mindset, and I, I think writing like that clarity that we talk about when you write, you really enforce a growth mindset, especially consistently, because there's so much that you have to, like writing is, a lot of it's just like positive, right? Like it's just like you have to positively talk to yourself or like try to seek the source problem of why you feel the way you do or why you see the world the way you do. And so that growth mindset comes out because mm-hmm. people will challenge your writing. <laughs> people will challenge it. Yeah. Just went on a long rant, but that was a lot. There. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> so, your what should we do? You want to talk about email? You want to talk about long form, or should I? Should, should we leave that for another day? <laughs> long form, like email, yeah, newsletters and stuff. Mm. newsletters i mean why do you want to talk about it because like, i haven't read and written my newsletter yet i'm like that's kind of why i'm like dude i'm waiting for the newsletter come on henry you've been teasing me like let's let's talk about a little email because you know emails emails big right now so let, let's see sure. in your opinion what are the key elements that make a newsletter or an email marketing campaign stand out in today's saturated digital landscape Mm. I think like if I just like put myself as like in the place of like a consumer and I open my Gmail app and 
you know, I have subscribed to like many um, email lists because hmm. I write them and I want to like look at what other people are doing. And so like not every single email catches my eye. And I'm not, I don't just open the email because of the creator. I mean, sometimes I do. I want to like know what they're doing, but that's like still the frameworks. One out of five, you know, that's like one out of five creators. Mm-hmm. So like the first thing is like what what gets me to open, like what gets people to open the email. And for me, it's like it's kind of like the image you have of the person before you even um before you even open the email right mm-hmm. so that's why like that's why that's why trust building through top of funnel or like yeah top of funnel content is like kind of a big thing is like it's, it's say, like content as in the new economy and yeah we're moving from a world that's like yeah it's going from more like institutions to more like individuals right you want to buy from people they trust and that's like you can see it play out this way um if you trust you they like you then they check out your emails that's the first thing it's not always about like the technical stuff like yeah the hook like matters the, the subject yeah, and stuff can, like that yeah you can kind of hustle hustle and like catch someone's like attention mm-hmm. but like it's not always about the hustle you know what i mean true it's about the art it's about the art yeah. i like that i like that take a lot for me with like emails i i hate the daily emails like I, there's only a few people that do daily emails really well. And usually most of the time, like I'll click on it because right. The headlines just outrageous. I'm like, all right, like, what's this about? Can I scan through it really quickly? But the, those emails that are like the weekly ones, very graceful, you know, artistic, uh, Jack Moses. Like I just got to shout Jack mm-hmm. out again. Like if you guys aren't following Jack Moses, like his, his weekly emails are, they're always so well there's there's so much content in there there's so many good ideas so like that's those types of weekly emails like i've been doing them for almost a year now like since our last podcast episode and so that's kind of like where i position myself but then i see a lot of nuanced advice on x about like uh, emails are dead if you're writing emails like you you know like you're you're obviously not like running the right business or you're not like doing things right or you're you need to be sending emails more but then like I think Jack and like Dan, Dan Coe does weekly. There's a couple other people who do weekly, but they see like, they see pretty good success because I think it's that trust building thing where there's like a lot of those guys who are doing the daily emails, kind of just spamming people's inboxes, trying to sell to them constantly. And in like the rule of marketing, right? Like you want to develop awareness of, you know, your content, your product, you know, like the, the, the problems that these people have. And you're like, I have the solution. Right. And then they're ready to pay for the solution. So like it needs to happen like time and time and time again to get that awareness level up. But mm-hmm. I I feel like you're you're trading. You're trading something for that. You're trading something for the every single day. And I don't know what it is. Like I can't I can't pinpoint it. 
trading what do you mean by trading something like i feel like because they're putting their like they're getting their email in front of like people in the inbox every single day like yes like it's good that they're getting this level of awareness developed but at the same time it almost seems less authentic if that makes any sense like it almost seems like the the email is not as good as the weekly right because we as humans we kind of we like things when they're not like when they're not around as much am i making sense i, I kind of like... get what you mean okay no i i don't know what you mean it's like if a creator is sending like daily emails and you're just kind of you expect it to be there right yeah. and there's no like build up there's no like yeah no build up no hype about around it no excitement it's like it's like you just know it's gonna be there whereas like if you make it it's like a bi-weekly or like a weekly thing and you brand it in a way that is like i think the main thing is depth i think like because like if you pump that. up daily then it's it's a, when you do it like you can tell people are just like trying to trying to make a buck you know yeah. just, just funnel you it, to their product yeah. yeah just do it quick enough and do it fast so you can send daily emails or just you know nothing wrong with it you gotta make money and people are doing really yeah. well with daily emails but they are, they are. it depends on depends what you do depends like what type of creator you are what type of content you make um we're all playing so different games. Do that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely playing different games, and no slander to anybody who's writing these uh, these daily emails. But I'm gonna unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, there's just there's a lot. It's like there's newsletters, and then there's like email marketing, right? I, I think they're like at first when I got into it, I I thought they were the same thing. But you know, email marketing is is email marketing's good, right? Like it's it's a it's a channel that has a lot of trust in it. If someone's willing to give you their email, they're probably willing to buy again from you. Mm-hmm. What I see with the newsletters though is dude, it's just like it's like a new form of books. Like that that's just it. It's just like another form of books. And blog posts, mm-hmm. it's just blogs. Like, yeah, it's blogging. I always forget about yeah. the word blogging. It just does not seem like it's in my dictionary. That sounds very like two thousand and it does. It of. does, dude. It's like like we blog. Like that's what it is. It's not like we uh, we run newsletters. Or it's like newsletters are blogs, right? Like that's essentially what the beehive suite is on the website. If when people can go see, it's like it's the blog. Yeah. But like that word just seems so. Uh, it just seems so old. Like it doesn't it seem like. It does seem outdated, right? But yeah. it, it it's just it's funny, man. Like the the beehive thing is it's phenomenal. Like I, I love having a content library and I know you feel the same, right? Where you just you have a problem, someone asks a question about something, and then you can just kind of direct them towards, you know, said piece of content that you created, right? Like a piece of writing, an X, a long form, mm-hmm. something like that, a blog post, and they like it, it saves you time, but it also provides depth. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, we are, dude, I think we're like 40 minutes, something like that, a little over. You want to keep going or do you want right. to? I can, 
I can keep going. I'll tell yeah. you. Man. You know, what, screw it. Let's keep going. I got a, a couple more questions. So, for individuals aspiring to make their mark in content creation and email marketing newsletters, what advice would you give based on your experience to beginners? For beginners, like in terms of writing emails or in terms of um, starting well, off as like a email copywriter? Just, just fresh. Uh, yeah. A new person walking in for email copywriting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're fresh, just starting out, I think like if I look back at my journey, it's like I spent a lot of time kind of like reading and less time networking and actually writing. And like, it's like, it's just how it is. You got to do the hard things in order to make progress. And the hard things are usually talking to people who are either like going to give you like a chance to write for them or they teach you something or something like that or you just write whether it's just like um writing in your like an email newsletter for yourself and that that's like something i'm still trying to start because like one of the hardest things about starting is like you worry about not getting seen you're not you're, you're worrying about the results and so you don't you don't start at least that's like my experience. It's like a paralysis. So, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like my advice is very generic. It's like just start and like you got to talk to people. And like if you want to like make money from it, right? And you don't want to be a freelance copywriter. You got to yeah. talk to people. And it's like, it's really like about getting someone to trust you. And so you can do the work for them. Because otherwise, like, you're just going to be writing your own stuff or you're just, like, building a portfolio from, like, writing the random emails that don't really... Uh-huh. But, like, that's how a lot of people start, right? Yeah, they just they just put themselves out there. Uh, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing pretty hard. You're just like, my advice is pretty generic. I'm like, no, it's, it's not. Not by any means is a generic. I mean, like, I, I think, like, the just start is... Dude, that's like a that is one of the most powerful pieces of advice you can give anyone. It's just like taking perfect action, right? Because more times than not, people are just so stuck in their damn heads about anything, right? Like all they do is just think, think, think. I got to take my own advice. Oh yeah. And there's like this Tej Dosa tweet. It's like your first, it's like something like your first 100K is all about action. He didn't write it like this, but like, is what he means and after that it's like it's more about the thinking but like if you're not at 100k yet the smart thing to do is to turn off your brain and that's like a tweet i think about a lot because i'm still trying to get to that level of success and i gotta like take more action i'm naturally i'm more like a kind of like in your head in the head kind of person yeah, I, I, I'm definitely a more in, in my head kind of person too. And so taking action is, I, I think in your like routines are important for people who are in their head a lot rather than people who are 
really high agency. Because if I don't have a routine, right, like sit down on my computer, write for 90 minutes, you know, drink water, drink coffee, uh, pop a pop in, right? Like just get into the flow state of things because like all the triggers pile up. You know, listen to listen to the the you know, Hans Zimmer soundtrack. Like, dude, I've taken all the advice and like I've incorporated it into my, into my routine. But now it just helps me. Like, okay, get shit done, right? We we do the productivity stuff where it's like you do a three, 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 uh, three like, important tasks, levers to pull, and then three maintenance activities and three hours spent on your most important project, right? Like, it's just something you have to define a productive day. And through that tweet that you mentioned, the Tej Dozo one, it's, uh, I feel like everyone has a piece of advice really specific on like what you need to do to get like your first 10,000 followers, what you need to do to get to, you know, your first $10,000, a month. And a lot of times it, it's just hard to get into that echo chamber. Like I, I get sucked into that echo chamber. I don't know, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like the, ex, the echo chamber on social media, a lot of the time is other people screaming out their insecurities and their subjective beliefs about what being successful actually is. And a lot of times it always comes from a place of extrinsic motivation. So it's like, like you, you mentioned freedom earlier, right? Like a sense of freedom, like dude, to me, that is the only thing like time freedom is the only thing that is true freedom. I mean, besides like health, but like, if I was making like $500,000 a year at a job, like that's considerably wealthy. That's like 1% in the U S and I was stuck at a corporate mm. job or at a startup like all day long, like every single day mm. of the year, dude, I would hate my life. Right. But like, I can easily go Same. make, you know, like, uh, really min like I would make minimum wage if I had more time. If I, if I only had to work like three, four hours a day, Right. Like I'll take that. And so I, I've made it a part of my routine to not work more than I would say three to four hours a day, 100%. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because everyone will tell you the advice, right? Like, you, you know, exactly what I'm saying. There's the hustle culture the people who are like, if you're not working 12 hours towards your dreams, like you're not doing it right. And then there's so many people who are like, yeah, like four hours, two hours even. Right. And it's like, mm -hmm. Why is it that working less sometimes yields greater results? <laughs> mm. Yeah, for me, it's like sometimes, like, like for my, for me anyway. I'm, I'm from like a family and like a culture that that is very much, you know, hustle, hustle, yeah. hustle. Like, and even for me, like sometimes, like I just fall in the trap, like when I. <laughs> There's like sometimes like when I just stop working, maybe I'm like burnt out or I'm like, I just don't want to work. I shame myself. I oh, just yeah. kind of, I just kind of, like my mind just instantly tells me like, why aren't you being productive? You know? And it's just, yeah, as you said, it's toxic how like social media like kind of just pushes the narrative that. You got to always be hustling and stuff. And I mean, you can go really deep with this stuff is like <laughs> the industrial age and whatnot, yeah. like how like 
different work cultures. Um, and for me, it's like, first of all, you just gotta, you gotta recognize that you gotta grow holistically and not linearly okay. in a straight line. Like for example, if your focus is like just money and on top of that, you think money, you can only make it by trading your time then you're just going to be stuck in the hamster wheel forever. You're just going to be working 12 hours a day, 12 hour days forever. Like, that's most people, that's like kind of things. And it's like, that is most people. So it is. Yeah. It's just so many different aspects to think about here because like, it's like, as well as like what do you enjoy doing but then also not ignoring the fact that money is important yeah um and if it's something that if it's work that gives you energy then can you spend like 12 hours on it but then like are you healthy physically and mentally are you like are you taking care of yourself do you enjoy everything like do you enjoy waking up are you grateful for life there's i mean like you know naval says it it's just health wealth and happiness like really every almost every problem stems from those areas and i i don't think people realize that like that for me it was powerful reading you know the almanac of naval ravikant because it was just like simplified life it was like yeah your problems are probably from in uh, health, wealth, or relationships. Like, those are probably where your problems sit. Wow. Okay. That's a really clear way of looking at it rather than just seeing people as these complex. Well, people are complex. So, you know, I'm not going to say they're not, but most people, you can pretty much just go to straight. Like, this is why entrepreneurs are so, like, useful to society is because they're just straight to the problem like straight to the source of the where the problem exists and yeah i i really resonated with what you said about shaming yourself for not working like um a a lot of being a part of like this holistic journey to better better health better mindsets uh more money in your pocket from and more freedom I think it's it's more it's not about adding it's about subtracting like that's I've been trying to subtract negative beliefs you know the limiting belief structures that are in our head you know how they got there God only knows (laughs) but there yeah there is there is a lot to you don't realize how much there actually is in the creator economy but because you Mm -hmm. are constantly evolving because you want to, like uh, Albert Einstein says, you can't solve a problem with the same level of thinking that got you there, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all about growth, right? And if you're not growing, like you have like this uh, metaphorical death, like this stagnation of yeah. ideas, beliefs, right? There's no experience points being gathered. But that that creator economy forces you to level up. And so it's why there's so many drastic changes that take place in people and all of a sudden they're hitting these new monthly highs. Uh, they're making, you know, over $10,000 a month. Their followers are skyrocketing and 
a lot of times they are who they say they are. And it, that's really hard for like the, the person outside of that ecosystem to really grasp and understand that really anything's possible with the right mindset, with the right belief structures, and then constant iteration on your action. But yeah. Hmm. Wow. That's deep. <laughs> yeah. We're getting into some depth here. <laughs> Anything to add? That is some depth. Like a lot of different directions you can go here. Yeah. But I think like on a whole, like you can tell at least like on X, like a lot of people are driven by freedom. And sometimes like freedom is kind of tied to those like really sleazy marketing tactics like selling the life selling the lifestyle like people see a picture of like lamborghini or like a picture of dubai and they think oh freedom means having a boatload a load of money and you know posting pictures of like smoking cigars and whatnot and Obviously, I'm talking about like a segment of people, but like the reality rea reality is like that segment of people are kind of what they're like lurking on the platform every day. So it's like, it's like thinking about the community as a whole is like, it's like there are good leaders and there are also bad leaders. Yeah. And yeah, that, uh, yeah. That's a, like, that's, a good, that's a good point. Are, yeah. There are people who are just using the word freedom and the lifestyle to, you know, make profit. And there are people who have that like deeper, um, deeper knowing and awareness that you can create a life of true freedom, you know, not just like this, like service level freedom, but like true, like, like truthfully, like you're free, you know? Yeah. You're not, you're just, not uh, tied. You're, you're not free you're from free like of those like outside. Soft. Yeah, you're not free from those, uh, yeah. or you're not free from like an external perspective, right? Like people don't like you have all the cars, the money, the wealth, and people see that and they think exactly. like, oh, you're living a life that they that's unattainable for them, rather than like you know you're stuck in a business twenty four seven, right? Like you're struggling. But what you said kind of go like about the, the the leaders, like you know, there's good leaders and bad leaders. That goes to I think it was Danco's Art of Focus, the the new book. And he talks about like, mm. if you're, if you're, it's like a moral obligation to learn sales, to create these businesses and sell people on solutions, right? Because if you're not going to do it, there's always like sleazy salesmen who are going to go do it and like take mm. that power. It's like with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and yeah. so it's like this, it's this level with awareness 
And when you have more awareness about, you know, like let's say sales, marketing, something like that, that's going to get people to open up their wallets. Mm-hmm. Those ta- like you, like you should, everyone should learn those because they're going to be used on you at some point in your life, whether you realize it or mm-hmm. not. Um, mm-hmm. But when you learn it, you kind of have like this defense mechanism to take place. And then you can start using those skills to elevate the human consciousness like all everyone like everyone as a collective rather than just like having these sleazy guys prey on the weak <laughs> yeah i think there's like a sense of justice there sense <laughs> <laughs> of justice yeah and it's also very real you know it's like it's like because you want to make an impact right you want to you know impact millions you want to Okay. an offer that like genuinely helps people but then the reality is like if you're like take me for example like if like, i'm i'm 22 i don't have i have money saved up but not like i'm not working a job i'm freelancing freedom that's my, that's my income but i also have like i'm working on myself i'm working on expanding my own like awareness mm-hmm. and it's like it's true you gotta put on the oxygen mask for yourself before you um take care of others or whatever the quote is i don't know it, um, yes it, i think you, you were right yeah you were there mm. but at the end of the day it's about I, I see the potential of like the creator economy just changing changing society like at the core drastically yeah. because it already has you know yeah it's already started to grab a hold of people i mean you and i included right it's, it was just i think those who are naturally curious will walk down that path because there's a lot of questions about you know like what can i become like what is like my true limit and i think Mm -hmm. when you go the traditional path like you just can't really do that like what you're gonna keep going up through the academic ladder until you know eventually you've worked for someone you haven't been making any decent pay for 20 years like everything is struggling in your life but like at least like you have these certifications on a wall that like yo you're someone like it took your whole life for someone to tell you that you're, you've made it. It's like, I, I feel like that does more like no, no harm, no shame to anybody who does go the traditional path. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, like, I don't know your story. I don't know, you know, who you are, like the experiences you've had, mm-hmm. but I just don't think it's the right path anymore. I, I really, it's not, I wouldn't say it's the right path. Who am I to say it's the right path? Who am I to know mm-hmm. what's, what's best for someone but mm. i don't think it's the the logical option for the for the majority and it's it's almost there's always been like this sense of gatekeeping especially with like ivy league schools people only care about where you went to school but then in like the creator economy like freelancing and doing stuff like nobody gives a shit where you went to school yeah i think like i think at the end of the day like you're right it's not it's not right or wrong it's not better yeah. or worse it's like, to me, in my opinion, it's like, you got to recognize that since you were born, that's like, if you're like, if you're the 
you're normal not normal i don't mean like if you if you're not homeschooled you're putting yeah. like a school yeah and this school is like designed to get you into college yeah. and then college is designed to get your job you know it's not designed to teach you like about creative economy teach you about like how to find your passion and your purpose yeah, and stuff like that find yeah. your passion, how to, how to how even to, like manage your finances like, uh, yeah how to enjoy life I, I don't think school teaches you how to enjoy life i think it does the opposite especially in uh in the u.s i don't know how it is in china but in the u.s like i remember being in high school and just literally like every single day was just grueling and it wasn't because i hated going to school i i really enjoyed going to school but it was because the people around me despised it. They hated being in certain classes. And so the studies on positive and negative emotions, like if, if one person's happy and they walk into a room and it's all enthusiastic, it spreads like a wildfire. The same goes if somebody is negative and someone is like sad and or just like angry, right? It spreads like a wildfire. And so every single day, you know, there was good days and bad days, but I would say on average, more people were not excited to be there than to be excited to be there. And I hope mm. in other countries it's different because learning is such a great thing. Learning is the meta skill that you need to have in order to grow. But yeah, that that's why it, you know public school was just terrible. And I, I guarantee college is the same way. I didn't go to college. I, I got some college credits and stuff like that, close to a, like one year done. But it was just like, I was like, I'm not going to go pay to be around people who hate hate being here like that was it is it's all it's all like the people man it's like if somebody has a good outlook on life they're it's a they magnetize right it's like you want to be around them if you're if you're somebody who's similar you know but like negative people like misery what is it misery loves company like that that quote is like one of the first quotes that got me to start writing because i just used to go crazy over it. i was like why do people just love to complain and they love to see the world in such a pessimistic nihilistic view but i think the creator I got a yeah yeah i got a question on your journey let's say like you know not continuing with college yeah um and choosing the path you're on now have you ever had people who are kind of you know they're telling you like who are you to think that you can make a greater impact so yeah. you to oh do this absolutely man absolutely um because i'm in a small town i i you know a small town of less than like i think it's like less than six thousand people and all the people i went to high school with there are a lot of supporters there's a lot of good people who love what i do they read the newsletters, they listen to the podcasts, they support everything I do. They'll talk to me. I'll, I'll go out for dinner with them and they'll, we'll chat about it because they're on this journey too. They may not be in, plugged into the creator economy, but they're in that like they want to improve. They have an optimistic perspective of the future. And then there's people who I think because I didn't go to school, it paints this picture in their mind that it's in, like it's impossible to do this right it's like who are you to like you like they, they almost think like i'm salesy and mark like you know just like kind of scummy because i didn't go yeah. to school so it's like i'm not qualified but it's like um you do realize that you don't need to go to a four-year school to be a guide like so i use this uh 
this you know reference um i live in a small town like i said but there are guides for everything right and these new guides are trained they go rock climbing they do river rafting they do jeeps and off-road stuff and they're trained and they're usually rookies that when they go in and they're trained within two to three months and so why is it that somebody who's committed like i don't know like the past like two and a half years to learning and writing and doing all this stuff. Like there's, and that's just it, right? The the creator economy is so beautiful because of one thing. You don't need anyone's permission to create media. You don't. It's like people might not trust you if you're creating it in a unorganized, you know, uh, uncompetent way, right? But I think there are, there's a lot of people who haven't really woken up to the fact that, you know, the internet's like globalized everything, including the job economy. Yeah. I also want to add like kind of circling back on what we were saying about work and life mm -hmm. and, you know, working a lot of hours and kind of just like your approach to work is like, like listening to you talk about like creative economy is like, I just, like at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm just grateful because like, oh, I yeah. think about like my uncles, my granddad, they didn't have like the computer, like didn't, they didn't like, it's only me that can like talk to some guy from Utah and be like, I'd be a big creator. Like, you know, they, yeah. they didn't do that. Like there, there's they, no way. They judge Dude, look at the backgrounds yeah. that we have. Like, like we're in the mountains. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Is that I, you whatever you want. I like uh, that a lot. I like that a lot because like I come from, yeah. you mentioned earlier, you come from like a really hardworking family, right? Like that's like the culture. And, um, yeah. and I've seen some of your tweets where I think it's, is it your grandmother? Who's always like, like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing with your life? Are you going to get, go work for the government and stuff? Like, yeah. So it's crazy that like, you know, you and I are so far away, right? We've had, we come from two different cultures but there's this like similar journey, similar experiences. And like, I, I think it's just, it just goes against like everything that the older generations were taught more like you need to work hard. You need to put everything on the line. Like life's life's difficult. Life, like dude, my dad, I'll, I'll throw it out there. My dad, he is the hardest working man I've ever met in my life. Right. He's, he's sacrificed everything for his family, right? I have uh, seven brothers and sisters. Like, I, I'm one of seven. And so he's him and my mom have worked so hard. My, uh, my grandparents work super hard, right? Like, just everyone. Like, everyone's had to work their ass off mm -hmm. because they had no form of, like, uh, labor leverage. They had no labor leverage, right? Because Naval says labor leverage will impress your parents, but like it won't last for long. Like it's really not that special of a thing. And so now we have we have digital leverage and they they can't even comprehend how far the digital leverage goes or how big the world is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's like not to get like woo woo on you, but like Dude, it's no, like get woo woo. Dude, you, you can always get woo woo on me, man. Okay, <laughs> it's like acting and creating from a place of abundance in, instead of scarcity. Oh, yeah. 
like for example like, i'll just put it out there as well like like my granddad's like generation they they were they didn't have a lot of money you know so they had to cover survival needs you know it's very it's real it's you gotta like kind of do whatever it takes to make money that's like their mindset and that's like now they're old and you can't just like flip a switch and like change their mindset they're old like they're they're in their 80s and they're gonna like continue their life with that mindset because that's what they they knew that's what they know but for me it's like i just gotta first of all like recognize what they did for me if it weren't for them i wouldn't be here i wouldn't be here talking yeah. to you and it's just like acting from i just want to act from a place of you know gratefulness right i'm here today because of them and i'm born in this generation where i can you know be making money from my laptop you and i can go yeah. yeah live anywhere i want really and have the time freedom and have the potential to scale hey limited yeah i i love that man yeah like that, well, I'm that not, yeah dude that's Is a hard flip to that's a hard f switch to flip so i i understand 100 right and uh i wouldn't even say it's it's all too woo woo and I, I, dude, I've been doing that a lot recently when I'm on calls with some creators. I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna go a little woo woo here because <laughs> I, I love it. I love the lingo, but yeah, there's some. Um, I operated out of scarcity for a long time because you know that's all I knew. That's uh, I only knew victim mindset. I only knew like, like you don't know what you don't know, right? But like when you are, your neurons get pruned like from you know we ha uh, babies have way more neurons than adults but then those neurons go through the pruning process through environment and nurture and so out of nowhere like you're just this person with a sense of you know like you now you have consciousness and you're a sentient being and you're just like interacting with the world around you but the only world you know is like you don't know like the inner world right like you don't know like who you are like i think that's something people struggle with but as for as long as I can remember, I've always had an innate understanding of who I am. And I don't know if that's confidence. I don't know if that's like some weird conviction in my DNA, but I, I've never had this question of like, who are you? Right? Like, what is like, I, I think everyone has like, what is my purpose? Like, what is the, the point of living? Like, why are we here? And then, you know, all these cultures have come up with different reasons for it. But I think people just get so like tied into like one ideology and then that becomes their whole personality. And then, you know, the way they see the world is through this really fixed lens and they'll never be willing to change it. And so that's why I think like the older people, like the older generations, it's really hard. It's really hard for them to accept one because, you know, for the longest time, respect your elders. Don't question your elders, right? Like uh, questioning my dad when I was younger, it used to always result in trouble. It was always like, why why this right but then at the same time he was always teaching me to question everything so i was like okay i can question everything but then i go to question you and now like all of a sudden like you're mad it's like you know what you're you're armchair philosopher right now <laughs> so there is uh there's a lot of things i'm grateful for but getting out of that scarcity mindset i, I don't know what flipped the switch like i wish i could write about it i might have to write about it but in a 
in the gratitude, like gratitude is infectious one, but gratitude is also going to like a gratitude practice and a mindfulness practice, a little, little meditation. Like those two things alone will change your life for, they'll just put you on a better trajectory. And I know you feel the same. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm all about conscious creation. And yeah, it's like, yeah, I guess like to add this, like got into the creator space and you see all these like labels, right? Copywriting, mm-hmm. ghostwriting, web design. Yeah. You can make money online. It's like, ooh, very I'm cool. a spaces like, host. Yeah, all sorts of shit. Dude. But it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, woo-woo, but like, it's like, it's really about the energy you're creating from. Yeah. I, I hate labels, right? And it's why I'm really, I, I try not to say that I'm a writer. I try not, like when I was a photographer, I really like, it took me a while to be like, yeah, I'm a professional photographer. Like who, who mm-hmm. am I to say I'm a professional photographer, right? Like I think a professional is defined as someone who gets paid to do something. Like mm-hmm. that's like, that's like the labor leverage thing, right? Putting professional, like I'm a professional ghostwriter, right? It's weird that that word holds power, but like the moment like you make money from something, you're deemed professional and now you can put it in front of things and people with lesser awareness of like, it's just a fucking word. Like people with lesser awareness just get taken over by it. And so like, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just a concept. And so like those labels, those labels are dangerous. They, they really are because some people really tie their sense of worth to all the labels they have. And then there's like, there's no, they're not conscious. Like they're not aware of like how that may be affecting performance, how that may be affecting their happiness. Like, you know, their, their sense of peace. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's kind of deep because like we live in a society that's like everything is structured, right? Mm-hmm. We have different job titles, like lawyers, doctors, engineers, architects. These are mother, all like mother, father, son. Yeah. yeah, mother, father. Like these are all labels, but like very in a subtle way, they're all like, they're all telling us like, oh, this is like my mom. So like she is like my mom. So I got to like, she's family your, and your place on she, the hierarchy. Well, like yeah, she, yeah, hierarchy. exactly. Like putting her in a pedestal. Mm-hmm. But like people are just people. People like these yeah. labels are just they're constructs, right? They are I, I think one one major idea that got me and I it was like a it was a TikTok trend my girlfriend showed me and it cracked me up. But it was like a video of some girl's mom crying. And then it was like the the text said uh, be kind to your mom. Remember, it's her first time living life too, mm-hmm. and that is that is like everything. That's like the human experience summed up. It's most I don't I don't know I don't know for sure. Now, you know this is gonna get woo woo. I don't know. like some people may have lived you know previous lives. Who am I to say that the world's a big place with a lot of unknown questions? But when we talk to people right or when we deem people as professionals or put them on this pedestal right like these big creators look at dan look at dakota like you know uh karen drew like all these writers right who people admire in the space it's their first time living life too like they're they don't have all the answers and i think the way we position ourselves for value creation is just it's everything if i have enough conviction about how 
I'm going to deliver who I am, right? People just believe it. It's just like, it's like I, put, I can put like a spell over people. And that's what they're doing is they have these energetic, like polarities, right? Where they are, like they solve one problem. They cater to one person, one, you know, they really understand their audience. And it just attracts those people and repels everyone else. So, yeah, like you know, with our with all these labels that we have, you really just have to take it a step further and discard all of it, and then just go back to label number one. Which what is label number one? It's like for me, it's I am Zach. Like you know, that's that's the only label that like it actually is truth, right? It's like that's who I am. That's my name. Uh, everything else is bound to change, bound to rise and wither away. Hmm. I want to get even more woo-woo. Do get woo-woo. <laughs> talk about chakras. And okay. It's, like, yeah. it's something that I, I don't know. I guess it's not like, it's not about whether I believe it or not. But it's like, mm -hmm. say, it's just like a concept, like everything else. I think it's but interesting. Like, it's interesting, but like, yeah. I think it, I, it made me think about it because like what you just said, that like, kind of made me think about the idea that like a higher awareness mm -hmm. isn't, to me, isn't enough because like, if you have like a higher awareness, like about how, about sociology, about how society can be better. And higher awareness is like associated with like your higher chakras, like your third eye. That's like the chakra that's yeah. like associated with like, um, like foresight and stuff like that. Yeah, foresight. So let's say your third eye is more um, active, but your root chakra, which is like the chakra for like survival and if it's like not active at all, if it's like just not active, then you're going to have all these like good ideas that you can't put into the 3D world. You can't monetize basically if you want to use that like I like that. Yeah, no, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh I, someone told me that I had my uh, my throat chakra blocked. And I was like, yeah. do I? Okay. Uh, what do I do? Right? Like, what do I do? I, I don't know, like, anything in depth. Like, it's interesting. And, it, dude, it, there's a lot of woo-woo stuff that explains the unexplainable from, like, the logical perspective. And I think that's why we take to it. Because it's like, there's so much of life that's just, like, you can't, like, put into words. Or you can't put into, like... A sh like a formula like a structure right and I, I think all society wants to do is put things in a box like a perfectly tight little neat box like we drive little boxes we work in little boxes we live in boxes yeah i feel and like so that's what i think just now it's like explaining like, like an interesting idea but like with like terminal terminologies yeah like is like yeah like <laughs> you, you put it in a box right like <laughs> yeah but but like what like when you start going woo woo right and like a lot of like religion and spiritual stuff like it it just prevent like or it attempts to pull you out of this box thinking 
and this like everything has to be neat because like in reality like there's so many things we don't see there's like are we living this way because of our sense organs like is life shown to us because of our sense organs or is life just that way right so it's like if are we even like i don't know it's like the matrix thing right it's like if all of our organs could be rigged for stimulation in the right way like are we just like laying you know laying down in a, in a lab plugged into a machine and living that way but right i i don't think uh everything meets the eye and that that's like super cliche but there's you know there's like the three-dimensional world we're living in and then it goes up higher and higher and higher and it it's how do i put it it's like when i put my keys down right and they like teleport <laughs> it's yeah. like it could like just be said, like yeah like how you said not everything meets the eye i think that's like a very logical way of um saying what you see in like the physical world isn't all there is and that's like that's like truly what i believe as well and like i think like psychedelics help me realize that as well yeah just being in like an altered state you kind of realize what you know isn't like all there is and there's like this whole like different field of like energy or whatever it's it's kind of forced me to gravitate towards uh buddhism uh Mm. like the the concept of like the spirit realm Mm. um and I don't even know how to explain it really. It's uh it was like an Alan Watts lecture that I was listening to and it talks about how like the Chinese language um and Bo- uh, Buddhism and the Tao and Taoists and stuff the way your guys's language is structured over there in China is essentially completely it's just so different to how English is structured, right? It's where it's like things are grown out of grown rather than th- things are just being right like in uh with christianity it's very um like like god made us in his image right he like he put life into like a clay figurine but for you know like the the chinese people what is it like you guys it's like the the mountains and were 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 beaten or you know pushed against the earth and years and years and years of growth and that the sapling grew into a tree like the the massive oak mm. and so i can't i don't even know where i'm going with this because alan watts lectures are a lot <laughs> but there's like this there's like this, well it's just like a soul difference right and like people like we're gonna get into religion talk here but like with christianity like i think so many people have strayed away from christianity in the u.s because there was like this all-seeing god that was constantly watching their every action all their behavior and so they were never truly alone right and so they had to find some way to cope with that but like in you know with buddhism and stuff like it's it's just like it's not like that it's not like there's this all-seeing person it's like you just uh you go inward to kind of have more awareness of the outward like it's bottom it's bottom up rather than like uh with christianity christianity being like top down and so i my life changed for the better when i started going in awareness like not acting like you know everything was already a preordained position of fate this is like this is who i'm gonna be like if i don't do this i'm a bad person it's like no 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 there's so much more to that right like it's all like 
it's like if you're if you're harming nature right if like you're killing animals and like killing other people like the only person you harm is yourself so interesting yeah there's this um there's this quote i heard the other day from a podcast and a guy was saying he was saying i'm not anti-christ but i'm anti anti-religion yeah and yeah i kind of re relate to that because like i don't really like i don't know but like a lot of these religions they kind of lead to the same conclusions yes. or like the same thing. It's like, you can think about it with the idea of oneness. Yeah. I, uh, I like looking at it through this lens of there's a lot, there's truth in all of them, right? There's mm -hmm. not like there's, this lack of truth in one and more truth in the other. And I think that's where a lot of people really just get caught up in and like, they're going to end up shooting us. <laughs> like we're, and we're like, an hour over an hour into this, like, you know, whoever listens yeah. to this, like, I hope you feel the same. Like if you're listening to this podcast and you are curious about all religions, you know, but at the same time, like being all, all for every religion usually equals not being for any as well. Like they're the same thing. So, you know, you're listening to the right podcast, <laughs> but I, I like that a lot. The, uh, the, an not antichrist, but anti religion that, mm -hmm. that sums up my experience so far, but like, I, I'm lucky. I wasn't raised with like religious parents, like people who like forced religion onto me. Mm -hmm. And I think. I, th I don't think that's very common a lot of a lot of times. I think most more times than not, people's parents cram their religion down their children. It's only it's only natural, right? It's like here's my belief system. I want my children to believe the same. Like, yeah, and it kind of makes me think, you know, because like I I had to go to Sunday school. I grew up Catholic. Mm -hmm. My parents weren't they were religious, but they weren't the type of parents to like be like very forceful but i did have to go to sunday school and it kind of just makes me think like what is it about me that turned out the way i am is it like was i always like questioning this whole time and like why is it just like my personality has always been like this or like because like in someone's if i was someone else for example like i could by all into like Catholicism, 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 yeah. Catholicism, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could be a Catholic, you know, like, but I'm, I've never like, I've never bought all the way into it because just because I was put in that environment. I think it usually has like an inverse effect that when religion's forced on you it's not like it's not like authentic it's not like a, a genuine experience that you have like when people worship and they've become like a like a convert right like they've converted like they they claim like this religion has made their life so much better well they're typically older they're typically uh more aware and they have higher levels of thinking 
and they realize this is the right decision for them because you know who who is the society the world around them the people around them to tell them that like that's not the right decision for them if they feel it in their in their gut right in their in with their intuition and that's why it's so beautiful right it's like let people worship how how they please right if somebody wants to believe in you know islam if somebody wants to believe in you know buddhism taoism christianity like you know anything top top of the top of the line like just uh it makes life easier right I, and i feel like all like all wars have been based over religion like oh, there's some been so many like religious wars in history mm-hmm. and so like if we're if we're not going to learn from history like we're bound to repeat it and i almost feel like that's happening in the world today mm. but hey i mean like yeah it's like i don't know it's like just another cliche saying mm-hmm. or like a way to think positively but there is almost there's like more light than there is darkness and i think like fear is what holds a lot of people back yeah fear is fear is a weird emotion because it's i feel like a lot of emotions you can get down to like a really controlled state but fear is one of those that like when it strikes it like we can learn a lot from people who are uh, like their their hormones don't produce the the fear right like they're deemed fearless and it's like a medical condition we can learn a lot from them and how they like approach the world uh that was a art of impossible by stephen kotler he was just like he had this whole segment where he was talking about like people who are fearless um and then eventually it turned out like there's this surf i think it was some sort of surfer who hits these big waves he's like dude how do you not have fear when you're like crashing these waves he's like oh i'm terrified he's like i'm I'm scared i just do it like the fear is like an indicator that i should just do it but that fear is that fear is just so like unreasonable like especially in like the ever like the modern life right it's just like we're we're fearful of like social situations we're fearful of um standing out we're fearful of like common inconveniences for other people right like speaking our truth and so the accumulation of all those fears over time i think just causes our body to stress way too much and now it's just like a default yeah you said this was going to be like a 30 minute episode and it's an hour and a half (laughs) so let's wrap it up let's wrap it up so where do you see yourself going this year that'll be our final question yeah where do you see yourself going um like physically like actually going somewhere like maybe Um, i might go to thailand (laughs) maybe like vietnam (laughs) maybe like I hope uh, you go to Thailand. That sounds fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like, where do I see myself going? I mean, like, traveling is, like, mm-hmm. one aspect that I um, value in terms of, like, personal growth because, like, just, like, getting myself out there, being more independent, I guess. Um, but I guess, like, on, like, the more 
broad level, like where am I going this year? Where do you want it's to go? Really, I think that's a better question. yeah yeah I, I think it's just it's just to continue to expand you know i think that's the right word like expand myself whether if you're like traveling talking to more people like yourself appreciate like that sharing my ideas yeah. sharing my ideas and connecting with more people that way but at the same time like staying really rooted and grounded and doing good work whether that's like ghostwriting or like other things because i'm like learning more like valuable skills for example like lead generation like compartment setting because the goal is to start a business and so that's where i see myself going just grow myself holistically in terms of health finances spiritually mentally and yeah Hell yeah, brother. That's all I have to say. and i just want to like end by saying like just all just trusting the process you know not putting my end goals on like a pedestal because and i like, staying present in the moment not like worrying so much letting things just play out the way it should I love that. I'm uh, super proud of you and everything you've done in the past like 15 months. You keep crushing it, dude, and focusing on what you can control because it's just, it's crazy to see this journey unfold for you, right? Like maybe, maybe go back and, you know, once this episode gets published, it will be getting published today. Once it gets published, just uh, compare the two. Like, that would be fun. That's a fun exercise for the week. Man, I'm excited to <laughs> watch this back in like yeah. six months. Yeah, Yeah. I, um, Who the hell is this guy? What is I, he talking about? <laughs> I just, I, I love chat with you, man. Like always it's, we always just have such good talks about life and uh, the creator economy and just things outside of it. But for everyone listening, this is Henry Lai. I will plug everything that he has to offer in the show notes, his socials, his newsletter that he needs to write. <laughs> yeah so yeah, if you guys enjoyed the podcast episode, it was a long one. So I do apologize for that. But if you enjoyed it, please leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This is a zero-cost way to support me and what I do so we can have incredible guests like Hen